Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Overcoming Your Emotional Eating. I am so passionate about what I'm talking about on today's podcast. It's astounding. And it's something I learned about in the very beginning of my practice. The difference between shame and guilt. Now, I know that's out there now. And I hear so many people talking about the distinction But on today's call, I dive deep into really what are the differences and how can you manage them? Guilt is a feeling that we all have, but I think we more so recognize the feeling of shame in our society, in our culture, in our lives, and in ourselves. It's a feeling that can move us into what I call the shame spin or the shame cycle It's not a good feeling, and it's one that we can all understand more about, look at, and change in order to formulate a better relationship with ourself. Take a listen, and if you love what you hear, take a look at www.wendyfrancis.com. Thanks for listening. So thank you so much, everybody for joining me today. And today's call, when I talk about this topic, I I almost wish I could like stop the world. And it's not because of what I'm about to say, it's because of what I know to be true in what I'm going to teach about. And it's not just mine. This is not something that I invented by any means. It has come down the line but more so, I think, in the last 15 to 20 years. I know that before then, well, maybe a little bit longer that, than that, actually. Mendelton Maw's, uh, a book I read way back when, when I, I guess the first couple of years of practice. So maybe it's a little bit longer than that. Um, but definitely in the last 30 years, this is newer information. And it's one I think is only beginning to become disseminated to general public, and in that, I don't always think we do a great job. I think we give a snippet, but we don't go into it. And and what this topic is, is guilt and shame. And why is that important? Well, it's important because a good dose of shame will mess up your food for weeks to come. That's the truth. It's not a nutrition guideline, but it is a morality guideline. It is where we go when we feel bad. And when we feel bad, we do bad. And there is a difference between guilt and shame. I mean, I remember when I was young, I never heard of shame. I mean, never. In fact, when I even started dabbling my toe, so to speak, in this profession, and that was in undergrad, I never learned about this in undergrad by any means, and I just started to hear about it um, or at least hear the word shame, didn't know what it was, didn't know what it meant for food or for eating at all when I was in graduate school. And then as I developed my practice is when I learned more about it. 
and then recognized the magnanimous impact, not even like a little, magnanimous impact it has on our food, how we eat, and how we self-care, and how we treat ourselves. I can't tell you how important it is to distinguish and understand the distinction between guilt and shame. It's something I'll never forget again. It's something that clients that I've worked with, when they understand the difference, it can move the mountains into doing better for themselves. Because the truth is, at least for me, I was raised that guilt was a bad thing. You shouldn't feel guilty, even though I felt guilty a lot. <laughs> I, I felt guilty and then I feel, uh, well, I thought what I felt was guilt. Now I know um, was probably shame, although there may have been elements of guilt in there. And then, but then I would feel bad because I wasn't supposed to feel bad for feeling guilt. So I'd feel guilt or what I thought was guilt and then I'd feel bad for feeling guilt. And then the reality is I probably spun into a shame cycle, which is a whole other conversation that we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. But knowing the difference between feeling guilty and being ashamed is radical. And I want to teach you about that tonight and then teach you how to transform the feeling of guilt a little bit and the feeling of shame and to recognize the difference between the two so that you know what's happening for you. Now, tonight I'm going to ask you to think about your food, your weight, your body, your body image. However, this teaching will go across every aspect of your life, from parenting to finances to resources to um, furnishing your house. <laughs> because we can feel guilt or shame for a variety of different topics. So let's start by understanding first what guilt is. Guilt is a feeling of responsibility or remorse for an offense, crime, a wrongdoing. Now, whether it's real or imagined, an another simple way to explain guilt is the uncomfortable feeling that we experience when we've done something wrong. Guilt can be based on a failure of doing, which is usually a direct result of our behaviors and choices. So if we, um, if we feel bad for a behavior that we did, that's what guilt is. If we feel bad for something that we've done or something that we didn't do, that's the feeling of guilt. Guilt involves a violation of our standards. Now, here's important, what's important to really understand about guilt. Guilt can be positive. And, and oh, like I said, I grew up and I was like, oh, guilt's not, I shouldn't feel guilty. I, I don't know why they just tell me I shouldn't feel guilty. So then I felt guilty for feeling guilty. But guilt can really be positive. And it's sometimes even necessary. So here's where guilt is actually a good thing, right? I remember, okay, I remember I was in sixth grade. I told my kids this, so I don't mind going public with it because um, two of my kids are, are out of sixth grade by far. But in sixth grade, I went down a really tough rabbit hole 
Um, I, I went through probably the most rebellious year of my life, which sounds super weird because I was young, um, and did many things I shouldn't have done. One of those things was skipping school. I skipped school 32 times. 32. Now, by today's standards, I understand lots of kids skip school, and sometimes they're even into the hundreds um, of skipping school. So my um, record doesn't hold much weight anymore. However, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> held a record in my community. 32 times I skipped school. And when I got found out, there would always be a twinge of guilt when my mom would ask me, how was your day? And I'd go, oh, it was good. And I'd feel a little guilty. Michelle, I should go tomorrow. The reality is, is so when the principal finally caught on with the attendance person at my school that I hadn't been there in so long and that um, the recordings hadn't gotten to my mother and she hadn't returned the calls and 32 of those racked up, that they finally caught me and they called my mom, got a hold of her, sent a certified letter home to get a hold of my mother that she had to sign for. And I actually got in magnanimous amounts of trouble. But I really felt guilty. I felt guilty because my mom was a single mom. She was doing the best she could. I definitely knew at that point I was going down the wrong road. There was a lot of wake-up calls for me in that moment in time. And some of that was about me and some of that was about her, realistically, of like, what did, what did I put her through? Um, and so that guilt um, led me to a moment or moments in time, realistically, that, that changed my life because I felt so bad. I felt so guilty about my behavior. Now, I didn't implode and put it on the who of what I was, and I'll explain that in a minute, but I felt so guilty for my behavior I vowed to change my ways. And so that's a big difference, right? Guilt can be a motivator for positive change. It was for me. And guilt is based on values, morals, and standards, right? Sometimes they're the values and morals and standards of our society or our community. Now, if that's the case and, and it doesn't make a difference and you're living by someone else's morals, or values and you're feeling guilty because of them, I'm going to ask you to reiterate that, reconstruct it, rework it, right? So if you're feeling guilty, so we take it into food, if you're feeling guilty for doing a certain behavior with food, it doesn't necessarily hurt you or hurt anybody else, but it's degrading a value or a moral that maybe your mother held. Uh, in this, I might think about something around etiquette, right, just to keep it kind of surface level. Maybe etiquette with food. You know, do you put your napkin on your lap and your fork in your left hand? I don't even know if fork in your left hand is right, to be honest with you. But you get, you get the understanding, right, that if you don't do that, you don't really have to feel guilty because of it because the truth is that may not be your value or your moral. However, if there's a moral or a standard that you're abiding by that's yours, and you don't like your behavior with food. Now I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a distinct difference. So don't say so quickly that it's guilt for you because it may or may not be. But if it's guilt, um, then it would be just about the behavior. And then you could get a sense of, do you want to change that behavior? It is quite normal to feel guilt at times. Can we all make mistakes? 
the reality is, is that we have to learn how to cope with our feelings of guilt. It's not about not ever feeling guilty. Now, shame is a different story. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But there are ways that we can cope with our feelings of guilt with having, without having to shove it down, push it aside, etc. One is just to face it, right? So you can talk to others about um, the feelings of guilt that you might have regarding something, right? You can learn to forgive yourself. So here's a prime example. If, in fact, let's say you're trying to eat a certain way, and during Thanksgiving you got derailed, you had a moment in time where you went into a different pattern with your eating behaviors and what you ate. You didn't take it into shame, which I'll talk in a minute, but you did something different. Now, the reality is, is in that difference, right, if those are your values and morals and you didn't abide by them, and the reality is if you feel guilty for that and it enables you to move in a positive direction, kind of get you back in alignment with what you're trying to do at that point in time, and the reality is, is just about forgiving yourself. All right, so I messed up. Had a bad day, bad moment, bad meal. Now I move back into alignment with what I was doing, right? Understanding the origins of your guilt can be very helpful. So are they, is, is the feeling of guilt rational and reasonable? Is it quote-unquote normal? Can you shift that into forgiveness promptly? Or does it begin to go deeper? Does that help you change the related behavior? So does the guilt help you change the behavior? So when I work with clients and they get derailed, and then you've got to kind of move into uh, kind of climbing back on the horse, right, or moving back up the ladder, whatever you want to say. When you do that, and that feeling of guilt enables you to do that, oh, I don't like how I felt after that, I don't like what I did, my behavior with that food, um, and then you move back into alignment and in what you want to do, and you're able to do that positively, well, then that's guilt, and that's a positive guilt, right, moving you in an area of motivation. And so you have to look no further with respect to that. However, when I work with clients and they've fallen off and they become derailed, and there's a different language pattern to it, we're going to talk about that in a minute, and they try and get back up on the horse and they can't and then they move into more shame, and they can't. That's a different situation. And that's where you've got to understand the difference between guilt and shame. The reality is, is when we do a behavior that is not what we want, recognizing that forgiveness is really the only option, and learning to forgive yourself and then let things go is imperative. Because if, in fact, you don't do that, you move, can move very quickly into shame and the spin, what I call the spin cycle of shame. So shame is a different story. Remember, guilt is about a behavior that we did. It's an external force. It's something we do externally. Guilt can be a positive motivator for change. Shame is a radically different being. It's like a totally different animal. Shame basically is a feeling of inferiority. It involves the perception of oneself as a failure. 
or feeling unacceptable to others. So shame is I am bad. Guilt is I do bad, right? I did a bad behavior. Shame is I did bad, I am bad. I am bad, I'm not good enough, I'll never be good enough, I'll never lose the weight, I'll never eat normal, I'll never be okay, I never was okay. You hear the shame cycle and how it begins. Shame often involves forgetting or disregarding the fact that we're human and we make mistakes, which is very true. We totally forget that in a spin cycle of shame. There's a whole lot more that we forget about in a spin cycle of shame. Shame can come from the negative messages we may have received as a child from our family of origin. It can come from messages that we see in our community or our influence in our country. There are many areas that we can feel shame. The truth is what I've recognized for many people is if we are shame prone, we are shame prone. And that is because of family of origin and how we learn to deal with our feelings when we were younger and or how somebody else dealt with our feelings. You see, if you were raised in a family where your feelings were invalidated or unacceptable, if you were raised by a narcissist or anybody that has narcissistic tendencies, the reality is they don't know how to deal with other people's feelings. They're not empathic. And in that, when your family of origin can't handle your feelings and can't handle you, they will move you very quickly into a shame cycle of you shouldn't feel that, that's not okay, I don't know why you feel that way, there must be something wrong with you because you're doing this. Now that could be around food or multiple other things, but this feeling of shame can definitively go into food and it can go into food fast. Because many people around food and weight want other people's approval. And so the irrational thoughts and beliefs that fuel shame are, I must get everyone's approval. I must be perfect. Mistakes are bad. Everyone can see my faults. I'm not worthy of any forgiveness. In fact, I'm not worthy of anything at all. So irrational thoughts and beliefs really fuel shame and all of that goes into your food, your weight, your body image very, very quickly. So understanding and recognizing whether you sit in guilt with respect to your food behaviors or shame is imperative. If you get stuck in a shame cycle, you need to start to dive in and understand that and fix it. That's the truth. And there are ways to do that. You don't have to be stuck in that forever. First and foremost, recognizing, just recognizing that it's shame. I remember when I learned the difference, um, and I think the name of the book is called Shame and Guilt by Mendelton Moz, M-O-Z. Um, best book written, it's very black and white, like to the point. When I read this book, I like... I, I had so many realizations for myself, uh, for my clients, in helping others and, and, and me understand the distinct difference. And when you get the difference, you will know then which way you need to go with that feeling. When we simply listen to our feelings and validate them, 
we can feel so much different in our life, our food, our weight, our body image, our finances, our furniture, our house, whatever that is. When you validate your feelings, you in fact become alive. When you've been invalidated by yourself and by others for so long, there are parts of you that just die. And the shame only buries it further. So you can start to recognize how you use shame and when you use it once you understand the distinct differences. So start there. And then how do you use it? When do you use it? And what is your hope for using that shame? Because like I said, we, we weaponize guilt. And the, and the weaponization of guilt can move us into a positive construct of change, motivation. But when we weaponize shame, we go down a spin cycle. It gets worse and worse. Because if you feel bad, shame makes us feel like we are bad. We're bad. We're unworthy. We're undesirable. We're undeserving. And when we feel bad, well, then we're in trouble. Because then we do bad. We do bad for ourselves. We don't take care of ourselves. We don't love ourselves enough to move or meditate or pray or do yoga. We don't love ourselves enough to schedule a massage or do acupuncture or go to church or whatever you need for self-care. When we feel bad, we don't do it. We don't love ourselves enough to eat healthy all the time, to feel worthy and deserving of a strong, supple body. And without that, we're in trouble. So start by recognizing the distinct difference between guilt and shame. And then recognize which one you weaponize, if you weaponize any. And then how, in fact, that could be helping or hindering you. That's how you get underneath behavior patterns with food. And it can help make you free from this aspect of your life forever. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Rate, review, and subscribe. You never know who you'll help become the next overcomer.